Dr. Anthony Fauci is in a panic, and he should be. His carefully choreographed charade is unraveling. His efforts to hide the truth about the origin of the deadly COVID virus and the Machiavellian maneuvers that he took to cover up his own suspected role in creating the contagion inside a Wuhan laboratory, it's all falling apart. Two years ago, I penned a column calling for a criminal investigation of Fauci and his potential prosecution. Recent revelations amid a congressional probe have only intensified that need, and a deeply worried Fauci is now lashing out. It's a symptom of his panic. Here's a sample, quote, There's no response to that craziness. I mean, prosecute me for what? What are they talking about? Fauci blubbered on CNN. I'll tell you what they're talking about, Dr. Fauci. It's exactly what I talked about in detail in a series of columns and television appearances in May and June of 2021. It's called perjury. It's a felony. You know, lying to Congress, making false statements. You'll find the statutes in the criminal code. In fact, I'll help you find them. 18 U.S.C. 1621 and 1001. Fauci's deceptive testimony fits those statutes, those crimes, like a snug glove. His only hope is that Biden's bias and corrupted Department of Justice will turn a blind eye to the obvious. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author... This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. New report. The government is warning of a known safety threat that poisons thousands of Americans every year and worse. Craig didn't know his wife and kids were going to die that night. Craig tried to do the right thing during Hurricane Ida. He bought a gas generator and fired it up. But during the night, deadly carbon monoxide seeped out of the gas generator and into Craig's home. It poisoned his wife and two children in their sleep, say fire officials. The sad part is Greg isn't alone. What's even worse, Craig's tragedy did not have to happen at all. Thanks to a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators that is now available to all Americans even those who think they might not be able to afford it. The Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator that doesn't use gas, so it doesn't have fumes, and instead of being loud, it's quiet as a laptop. Plus, it's so lightweight you can take it with you, even use it inside. And it's powerful enough for your phones, medical devices, even your fridge. And right now, you can go to 4 and use code GREG to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. Just go to 4 and use code GREG to get 10% off. That's 4 Use code GREG to get yours today. In a Senate hearing in May of 2021, Dr. Anthony Fauci flatly denied that his agency helped fund research at the Wuhan lab in China. The incredibly dangerous experiments were designed to turn a virus into a lethal superbug. 
It's commonly known as gain-of-function research, where scientists genetically enhance bat pathogens to make them more lethal to humans, more infectious. It's insane, it's stupid, and it's reckless. Because if an accident happens and a leak occurs, millions of people can be wiped out in an instant. It's no coincidence that this is precisely what happened during the pandemic. Here's a quote. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. That's what Fauci declared under oath at a Senate hearing on Capitol Hill. Senator Rand Paul, who was questioning Fauci in their heated exchange, already suspected that there were documents hidden at the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, that belied what Fauci was saying. Senator Paul correctly accused Fauci of lying. Two months later, Fauci testified again. He was given a second chance to recant his earlier statement. Quote, Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 1st, where you claim the NIH never funded gain-of-function research? What did Fauci do? He doubled down and refused. Quote, Senator Paul, I've never lied before Congress, and I do not retract that statement. Well, guess what? Just a few months later, October of 2021, the National Institutes of Health finally came clean. They sent a letter to Congress confessing openly that it did indeed funnel money through a third party to the Wuhan laboratory that had the, quote, unexpected result of creating a coronavirus that was more infectious. Yet in a head-banging contradiction, the agency then insisted it did not create the particular virus that sparked the pandemic and killed some 6.87 million people worldwide, including more than a million Americans. Now, no sentient person believes that nonsense. It's like saying two plus two does not equal four. It also ignores reports that the very first infected cases occurred in and around the laboratory itself, not in some supposed wet market geographically far away. That was always a scapegoat excuse. But Anthony Fauci's misfeasance doesn't end there. It dates back pre-pandemic. When then-President Donald Trump canceled our government's funding of -of gain-of-function programs overseas because they were way too risky, the NIH balked. So did Fauci. And there's compelling evidence that Anthony Fauci and others deliberately chose to circumvent that directive after being personally warned to end the program. Fauci wouldn't do it. When confronted about his defiance of the president, Fauci told Congress that he couldn't really remember that presidential order or why he received it. His sudden amnesia was convenient. The incriminating evidence against him is not convenient. So to weasel out of their predicament, both the NIH and Fauci have tried to parse the meaning of their own words. 
On their own, they altered the language. They changed the definition of gain of function. The agency now calls it, quote, enhanced pathogens of pandemic potential. Fauci prefers to use the term reverse genetics, but you know what? It's the same thing. Indeed, if you take time to review Anthony Fauci's past remarks, as I did, he describes reverse genetics as synonymous with gain of function. Well, the families of the millions of people who died, they don't care what you call it. The practice of supercharging a deadly virus was dumb. It was a dangerous game that Fauci and others were playing. And the evidence is persuasive. They played an instrumental role in making the virus happen. That led to Fauci's devious cover-up. It's no wonder that he dismissed the lab leak as implausible while blaming the virus on animal-to-human transmission in nature, despite no empirical evidence whatsoever to support his hypothesis. He did not want his COVID complicity to be revealed to the world. Nor did the Wuhan lab want their financial gravy train to end. Newly uncovered evidence shows that American taxpayers were scammed out of tens of millions of dollars by the Chinese lab courtesy of a third-party conduit, EcoHealth Alliance. Documents show double billing, potential theft of government funds for medical supplies, equipment, travel, salaries, all the while Fauci was covering up the NIH's relationship with that laboratory in Wuhan. The new evidence comes from an investigation commissioned by Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas. Recently, Dr. Robert Redfield, an experienced virologist who served as the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, informed Congress that it is not scientifically plausible that the virus somehow originated in animals. No, he blamed the deadly outbreak on gain-of-function research inside the Wuhan lab, testifying that it probably caused the greatest pandemic in history. So who helped finance those dangerous experiments? Anthony Fauci. Panicked that he might be exposed, Fauci began manipulating public opinion, driving what Redfield described as a single narrative, a narrative that would absolve him, Fauci, in the COVID disaster. After a group of virologists informed Fauci in February of 2020, in a telephone call, that the virus, quote, looks engineered in a laboratory, Fauci then convinced them to reverse their opinion. They did so in a matter of three days, which is inconceivable and scientifically impossible. And behind the scenes, Fauci secretly commissioned his same science pals to publish a report arguing the exact opposite, that the virus magically jumps species from an animal to human. And then Fauci holds this splashy news conference and publicly touts that report, waving it in the air as the definitive scientific verdict on COVID's genesis without disclosing his own involvement and his shifty manipulations. He pretended 
He didn't even know the scientists. It was all a clever sham. Redfield called their sudden about-face antithetical to science. He accused Fauci of an attempt to misguide and redirect debate. And Redfield's right. Isn't it curious also that those same scientists became the beneficiaries of millions of dollars in funding from the NIH under Anthony Fauci after their sudden reversal? As I noted in my last column, Anthony Fauci is not the saintly figure that he and a sycophantic suck-up media have long portrayed. No, he is a vainglorious fake. When Senator Rand Paul accused him of perjury in his Senate testimony, Fauci barked back, I totally resent the lie you are now propagating. Well, the evidence is mounting that it was Fauci who propagated lies to cover up his own complicity in one of the deadliest man-made catastrophes in history. Joining me now to talk about it is Congressman Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio. He's chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, also a member of the Oversight Committee, and importantly, the subcommittee that's investigating Dr. Anthony Fauci's suspected misconduct and cover-up. Congressman, thanks so much for being here. I, I watched the recent hearing of your subcommittee and Dr. Robert Redfield was testifying that gain-of-function experiments, in his judgment, probably created and caused the virus and it almost surely leaked from the Wuhan lab, killing more than six million people worldwide, more than a, a million Americans. Are you persuaded that Dr. Fauci played a role in all of that, by spending U.S. taxpayer dollars to fund these dangerous gain-of-function research experiments inside that very Wuhan lab? Yeah. Uh, Greg, I am convinced that, that, that that's what happened. And maybe more importantly, I'm convinced that Dr. Fauci tried to cover it up and downplay it after he discovered what had happened. And remember, the, the task force gets formed on January 29, uh, 2020. Two days later, January 31st, 10.32 p.m., Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson. The email says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. The next day, he gets another email from Dr. Gary, which says, virus, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Dr. Fauci gets those two guys on a conference call. After the conference call, three days later, those two guys changed their story 180 degrees. I think the reason they did that is because Fauci got him in line and said, fellas, we can't have this information getting out that we had funded gain-of-function research in a lab in China that was not up to code and was doing uh, doing this gain-of-function research where, where this virus most likely started. So um, th- th- that, I think, is what happened. And, and Dr. Fauci had to cover that up because he didn't want that information getting out there knowing he had done what he had done. Yeah, he had to conceal his role and absolve himself in the deadliest man-made catastrophe, one of them, in history. Now, uh, Congressman, the NIH now admits that it funneled money through a third party to that Wuhan lab for experiments that, quote, had the unexpected result of creating a coronavirus that was more infectious. That's a quote from the NIH. And the agency produced the records proving that they'd done that. So when Anthony Fauci denied that 
NIH ever funded gain-of-function research, uh, exactly these kinds of risky, deadly experiments. I mean, he was lying, wasn't he? And the last time I checked, lying to Congress is a crime. It's called perjury, as well as false statements to Congress. Would you agree? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, they juiced up this virus, but but Dr. Fauci tried to say somehow that that really wasn't gain of function, even though that that's exactly what happened, even though Dr. Redfield says that he believes it was it was gain of function research being done at this uh, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Here's the other thing that I think is important: when those emails come out right at the start, January 31st, February 1st, and those emails come out, Dr. Fauci doesn't share them with Dr. Redfield, who's on the Coronavirus Task Force. He doesn't share them with anyone else in the government. Just him and Dr. Collins get these virologists on a phone call, get their story straight. Three days later, those same virologists have said, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it'd be easy to do in a lab. Those same virologists, virologists change their tune 180 degrees and say, now, now they say anyone who thinks it come from a lab, you're a nut job, you're a conspiracy theorist. So the only intervening event seems to be that conference call where Fauci and Collins get on there and tell them what they're going to now stick to, what their story is going to be. And of course, as we pointed out in the hearing, three months later, both Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, these two virologists, they get a $9 million grant from, from Dr. Fauci. So I think his actions after this virus breaks out also confirm the, the idea that they were doing gain-of-function research at that lab. Yeah, and Fauci is trying to parse words here. He's trying to change the definitions uh, by saying, well, uh, I didn't fund fund gain-of-function research. I funded reverse genetics. Well, I went through some of his past speeches in which he said reverse genetics is gain-of-function. So he's yep. coming up with a vapid excuse to try to get out of potential perjury charges. No, he, he sure is. And this is this is one of the things we should do, Greg, is uh, we should pass legislation that we that says we will not be funding gain of function research. And frankly, at a minimum, we shouldn't be funding it and doing it in China, for goodness sakes, with American tax dollars. So this is this is scary stuff. Um and and uh, the, the other thing I think is real important, we're now hearing from the left and from Fauci and some of them, they're, they're saying, well, it could be nature. It could be a lab leak. We're not sure. But, you know, we need to move on. We need to. Well, that's not what you said back three years ago. You said anyone who questioned the bat to a pangolin, to a hippopotamus, to Joe Rogan, the, the, the nature of anyone who questioned that, they were crazy. They were conspiracy theorists. And you you censored people online like Dr. Bhattacharya. So oh, you did all kinds of things. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, everything's fine. Let's move. That is not how this works when you did the kind of things that you did to people who were expressing a different opinion and, and frankly had a different hypothesis about how this, uh, how this virus began. I, I think, as I said in my introductory remarks, I think Fauci is panicking now because he realizes that he's been caught uh, and caught lying to Congress, which again is perjury. So the other day he blubbered on CNN, prosecute me for what? This is craziness. What are they talking about? I mean, this is a guy who strikes me as realizing that, you know, you on the congressional committee have got his number. And, you know, I would like to see the Department of Justice uh, conduct a criminal investigation, not into Fauci, not just into Fauci's role in helping to create this virus inside a lab, but then lying about it. Uh, what are the what are the chances DOJ would do that? 
Well, they're probably pretty slim, but 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 let's let's hope so. And and here's the here's the broader context as well. This wasn't the only thing he told us that wasn't true. I mean, think about it. They told us it wasn't our tax dollars. They told us it wasn't gain of function research. They told us it didn't leak from a lab. But they also told us there's no such thing as natural immunity. First virus in history, no such thing as natural immunity. I mean, they, think about that. They, they told us that the vaccinated couldn't get the virus. They told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit the virus. They told us that masks work. I mean, everything they told us turned out to be false. And while they're telling us all these things that turned out to be uh, untrue, they were censoring people who were saying things that were actually true. So yeah. that, that is the broader context, and it's, it's, why, it's why so many people are so frustrated and fed up with the three years of, of, frankly, false information coming from our government, and in particular coming from Dr. Fauci. Let me switch topics now, if I may. My guest is Jim Jordan, uh, chairman of the House Judiciary Committees and the Oversight Committee. Let me switch topics uh, to something that you're dealing with on the other committees, and that is the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden influence peddling investigations. You're a top member of the Oversight Committee. After resisting for so long, the Treasury Department is finally giving you access to the many, about 150, suspicious activities reports in which U.S. banks flag transactions that bear signs of money laundering and other criminal activities involving the Bidens. What can you tell us about that? Well, I think the, the, the key term is the, is the title of these, these reports. They're called suspicious activity reports. And as the name would suggest, the name would imply that it's about suspicious banking activity. So maybe you have an account with very little money in it, and all of a sudden, shazam, here comes several million dollars being transferred into this account and then right away moved out and, and, and made and payments are made to, to Biden family members. Uh, maybe you have accounts that are moving money amongst various di- different accounts. These are all kinds of things that raise suspicions uh, at the Treasury Department and at these banks. And so uh, Chairman Comer has been trying to get a hold of this information for a long, long time. It looks like now, finally, uh, staff and members will be able to go view them in camera. I, I don't know why. I think in the past they were, they were actually given to the chairman. But in this situation, they're saying, no, no, you're going to have to come in and look at it. You can't take, you know, you can't take anything out. You're going to have to come in and take notes and look mm-hmm. at the information. So that's a step in the right direction, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, again, when you have this many, 150 is what, what's been reported, uh, suspicious activity uh, at banking records, I think that, that says a lot, and we'll see what the, what the documents show. The chairman of the Oversight Committee, James Comer, uh, says that the first SARS report shows money going from China to three Biden family members. And also your committee subpoenaed the banking records of three of Hunter Biden's business associates, including John Rob Walker. And Congressman Comer has said publicly that Walker was wired roughly $3 million from Chinese Communist Party-connected individuals, and then... Walker forwarded the money to three Biden family members. And I suppose the question is, what were those three Biden family members doing for millions in cash? What do you think? Yeah. What was the service? What was the, what was the work? What was the expertise? What, what was done to warrant that kind of money? What were they being paid for? Uh, I think that is the fundamental question. And frankly, I don't have an answer to it. I don't know, that, I don't know who does. But I know that Chairman Comer and the committee is committed to finding an answer to that sort of fundamental foundational question. What, what were they providing? 
that warranted being paid this sum of money. Uh, if it's something legitimate, some legitimate business, okay, that's one thing, but we don't know what it is. Um, were they providing legal counsel? Were they, I don't know. Um, now, supposedly it's somehow connected to an energy, uh, energy interest that these, these Chinese businessmen had, which is kind of a concerning thing in and of itself. So we don't know. But again, that's the question I think we have to answer and that um, Chairman Comer and the committee are committed to, uh, to finding out. Yeah, that Chinese energy deal with CEFC, the, the Chinese company, again, with close ties to the Communist Party, that netted the Bidens roughly $6 million. Are, are you convinced, Congressman, that Joe Biden was involved in his son's schemes? Well, we have an eyewitness who was part of this business operation, at least at one point, who came forward a few years ago, Mr. Bobolinsky. Uh, you have the emails that people say now are authentic. Um, uh, you know, we thought they were authentic at the time, of course, uh, that, that are part of the laptop. So you got documents that, that suggest that strongly. You got an eyewitness who was part of the, the business operation who says that. I think that's pretty compelling evidence. And then, of course, now you have this, these 150 suspicious activity reports that we're going to get a chance to begin to look at. So I think all that, that, all that raises all kinds of concerns. Did it involve Joe Biden? I, I guess the, the short answer is we don't know, but there's a lot of evidence that seems to point in that direction. Uh, and again, one of those, one of the piece of evidence is an eyewitness who was part of this deal. So, um, I, again, I think that's why we do the investigation to make sure the country has the facts about what went on. Mayor Garland testified recently and insisted that there was no need for him to recuse himself, even though the federal regulations require it. They demand it. It's not optional, but he won't do it. And his excuse is, well, the U.S. attorney, David Weiss in Delaware, he's in, he has complete independence to do whatever he wants. Here's what I don't get, and, and I think many listeners don't get. Weiss has been investigating this now. It's into its fifth year. How, how is, and no criminal charges have ever been filed despite a plethora of evidence on the laptop alone. How is it possible that you can conduct a five-year-long investigation into the president's son and likely the president himself and no criminal charges? I bet you're asked that question as well. And what do you usually say? What are your suspicions, Congressman? And then there's a, I think there's another fundamental question, and, and you've raised this. I think maybe you are the first to raise it is, how was the decision made not to appoint a special counsel? And I'm not saying you have to have a special counsel here, but this would look, this would look like the one situation that would most warrant a special counsel. So how was that decision made? Who was involved in saying no to a special counsel? Was it raised at all? I think, you know, we have a special counsel for President Trump. We have one now for the, the, the classified documents with, with President Biden. How was this situation not fit that category? So I think that's a fundamental question also. I don't know why it takes five years. I think a lot of people are asking. Uh, the only one who had that would have that answer is the, is the U.S. attorney in, in Delaware, I guess, and Merrick Arlen. But I don't know that we're going to get any information from these guys uh, if we ask that question. All right. Congressman Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, top member of the Oversight Committee, also on the subcommittee investigating Dr. Anthony Fauci's cover-ups. Congressman, many thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. You bet, Greg. Thanks for all the good work you do. Take care. Thank you. And that's The Brief. Thanks for listening.